going to ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken directly from the YouTube live streams, which are currently going down each week, Monday mornings, 10 a.m. Australian Central Time. I'd love to have you in the live sesh. These days, they've turned into these full-on classes. You know, we call them podcasts, but they're really classes in which that I throw questions back and forward with the live viewers and we get the personal context of each person in there. And everyone just seems to grow a lot more nowadays because of it. I love it. Uh, Anything on the world of human interactions, what we cover could be dating, relationships, social dynamics, family relationships, business relationships, things going down in high school, uni, anything that touches the world of these human beings, we seem to touch in social Q&A. So head over to the Bowl YouTube channel and I'll catch you guys currently on Monday mornings. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip each week, just a free email right in your inbox, updating you on what went down on social Q&A live this week, the recap, what other videos went out, what other awesome things are going on in the world? What other additions to the resources of wisdom in terms of books, films, docos, anime, quotes, music, all the things that get added to the resource of wisdom? I update you through this email so you never miss out on any of that. And also it's just a way of me staying connected with you guys in between our live sessions together. So go ahead if you are interested. Every Friday, I send it out. It's free. Boldojo.com. Sign it up. By the way, if you feel like you have not received your email on the Friday, just check your promotions folder in Gmail or your junk spam folder if you're using anything else because uh, it's likely in there. Even when I receive my own email, it still gets every day to get put in promotions. Now, for those of you who are looking to dive into some deeper educational content and level up your performance in this life, we can pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, over on boldojo.com, featuring five tracks that will help you to dive deeper into who you are and evolve beyond. All the reviews have said that it's something that they constantly come back to, that it's something that they will work through and that it's more of a course than an actual guided meditation. Many have also said, Adam, why are you not charging what it's worth? Many have said, I was willing to pay $100 for this and it's because I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So that it's there if you are the type of person who is aware and conscious enough to want to look at yourself for all that you are and improve so got a meditation eternal energy go get you some also send me a review once you're done as well i'd love to hear your feedback now moving up from there if you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching in which that we destroy your limiting beliefs and construct real action plans to help you perform in your life whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, anything that touches the temple. Even if you want to go up to the inner garden and dive into real ideas of your existence, we can go there as well. I often do. However, it's completely customizable to you. We have one-off sessions. You can go to boldoja.com, book a once-off over 30, 45, or 60 mins, just test the waters, and that'll give you a vibe for it. However, if, and what I do recommend, if you're serious about your development, you can dive into the bold coaching memberships in which there are three different tiers silver gold and diamond which offer different levels of benefits that once offs 
definitely do not get, such as priority messaging. If you wish to have access to my private WhatsApp number and get a response from me within 24 hours outside of Australian weekends, you're going to have to be on a membership for that. And that's something that my clients benefit from tremendously and use tremendously. Also, if you want to step up another level of membership and want to get priority bookings, for those of you who don't live in Australia and struggle to get your time slot in, maybe you're two, three weeks out on the waiting list, well then priority bookings are there to ensure that you get your time preferred slot and that you get booked in over lower tier memberships and once-offs. Now, I'll be here all day if I have to describe every benefit of every tier. So if you are interested, just go to boldoja.com. In the products menu, you can find Bold Coaching memberships and you can dive in yourself. If you have any questions, just slide me an email. There are contact email forms on pretty much every page of the website and we can work it out from there if you are truly committed to developing yourself. Moving forward, if you would like to directly support this podcast, you can do so in two ways, either by going to boldojo.com directly. In the Boldojo podcast menu on the homepage, there is a direct donate link that goes straight through the website if you want to use your credit card, for example. However, if you would like to go through PayPal because that's your uh, that's your shit, <laughs> sure, fine. Doesn't bother me. PayPal as well. PayPal.me forward slash A-D-A-M O-O-I. My full name, Adam Ui. You can donate through PayPal directly as well. Either way, whatever you guys do donate to help support the show. Uh, I know a lot of you like to donate live in the live social Q&As. That's also most appreciated. However you want to do it, it just, it all goes to supporting this, this awesome thing we've got going on between you and I. So I thank you for anything that you have donated or will donate in the future. It really does mean the world to me. Thank you very much. Now, of all that being said, Let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yes, sir. Let's go. Emotionally? It's your emotionally. <laughs> Missed is the other person in the room. Because that's all well and good for him. What T and J New have described is how he comes to peace and how he finds harmony within himself and can harmonize his end of the situation. What they have not given us and not addressed is how she receives that and how it mo- what it means for her. Not only how she receives it, but what it means for her. We discussed earlier in the podcast how she may potentially either over-accept or reject towards it. That's fine. But what does it mean for her? What does it mean for her? That's what's not being fleshed out here. So what you really have to do is take yourself from the chalkboard and come into the conversation, put yourself there on the couch, actually be him and visualize yourself saying, All right, listen, I've had these problems with your amount of sexual experience. But actually, and here's the hinge. But actually, and here's the hinge point. What it hinges on is he going to redirect his realizations towards growing with her and to and to acknowledging her for all that she is and to build a new foundation in which that there is going to be something which they could actually create a connection and magic together with. That there's something that it means for her. Is that what it hinges on or does it hinge on, but it, it, this is still me. It's still just me. It's like you're just partisan to this. You're just a byproduct, a, a, a backbencher to this. You're not on the main floor. That's what I'm trying to get you guys to think about because this entire issue has stemmed from what? An overindulgence in the self, an overengorgement in the ego. What this conversation hinges on and whether I would say yes, have this conversation for it or no, probably would not recommend is what is it going to hinge on? 
Is it going to hinge on to half what you guys saying? Okay, it's him putting himself in his place in terms of being humble about it, acknowledging his flaws. Okay, great. That's fine. But it still lacks that part, doesn't it? It lacks her. It lacks a evolution is what I'm saying. It lacks an evolution in which that he will rise above his current level of development. So what would that evolution look like? Well, the evolution would look like, I would like your help. I would like your help. Not anyone in this chat has given me any sentiment that it would have to hinge on him creating something with her, creating magic with her, allowing her to be a force that would help him to evolve. That's that's what's missing here. So it's if it's if he came to me saying that, hey, listen, Adam, this is what I'm saying. I'm thinking. I would, I would like to tell her about my feelings because I want to be open, honest with her about it, and I also acknowledge how I've been so far off with them that I know that it's a deep self-egoic engorgement, and that I'm working through this. However, plus, I'd like your help with it. I'd like to. If you would be so kind, if I could be so bold and overextend myself to ask you to come in here and help work with me, because I, I know that it's, it's not going to be something that is going to be like fairy dust and it's just going to, whoop, one day it's gone. No, I know that I'm going to need to have more conversations. We're going to need to spend more time on the rug. I'm going to need to spend more time just feeling you breathe, feeling your heartbeat and learning to feel my heartbeat come in connection with yours and realize that you as a woman is not separate from me, that me as a man, not separate from you. And just because you have had a lot of sexual experience with other different guys, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything other than the fact that you have a deeper, richer experience of what it means to be a human being. When you have more sexual experience, it just means that you understand people better. Now, for what the intent was, whether it's because you came from a place in which that you were just so misguided and you didn't know how to, as people say, respect your body, well, hey, maybe you came from a place in which that you were just reacting to the forces and environment outside of you and things were so dark and you're just like, fuck it, well, I'm just not going to, I'm just going to sleep with anyone just, but not because I want to sleep with anyone and everyone and experience more in life, but just because of the fact that I'm using it as an outlet to get away from the dark forces in my life. Okay, that's the intent you came in with. That's a lot of different women and guys. But it's not necessarily the case. And in the case that it was something that was dark like that, why does that matter? It's just more points of reference in her human experience. If she said to you, I've tried to commit suicide a hundred times, how would you react to that? Would you react to that any differently than I've been with a hundred different guys? Because from where I'm standing, X, there's not a lot of difference between the two. She's attempted to commit suicide a hundred times, or she's had sexual a hundred different sexual experiences. On the surface, they look like two different things. Underneath, it's the same thing. Why? Because it comes from her. It's her intent. It's her experiences in life. It's what makes her who she is. It's it's the one thing as human beings that nothing that could never be stripped away from you. That could never, ever be taken away from you. So even in your attempt to deny her, as Ben Harwin had come in earlier saying so well, who got 100,000 Zenny reward for this answer, that he's attempting to deny her for who she is. It's that you can attempt to do that and you will make her feel like shit. You will push her away or you will force her to get so attached to you because you've degraded her sense of respect to the point of which that she feels like she can't be anyone without, without you. But is that the person that you want? 
And is that the effect you want to have on people in this life? That's questions you need to answer. It's questions you need to answer. But wrapping and summing this bit back up right here. If your behavior and tactics plan to engage this woman in the future, in quotes, the future now, if it hinges on you actually getting to the point of seeing that her sexual experiences is actually a positive, it offers something. And you can see the richness of who that makes her. You see the richness of how her experiences in life are so deep. If you can get to that place, go ahead, have the conversation. If you can't get to that place and it hinges and it, it's just not there for you, extricate yourself from the situation. Save herself the pain. Save her the pain. Because it's, it's just she doesn't need it. She doesn't need it. Some girls are too nice. Some girls are way too nice. Some girl, most girls put up with too much shit. Right? If this was my daughter, X, I'd want her to drop you immediately. If it was not going to hinge on, and I need your help to create some magic, that's going to help us both to grow. If it's not going to hinge on that, I wouldn't want my daughter to be with you. But a lot of girls don't have that sense of strength, especially when they feel like a guy's uh, too good for them or just a good thing for them. You know, I've got a lot of girlfriends that, quite frankly, are just with pieces of shit. Pieces of shit. And they talk to me about him. And like, for example, there's one of my uh, girlfriends, girlfriend friends, who's like, is a non-sexually polarized relationship. For months at a time, the guy that she really likes will just fuck off. He just, you know, this is pre-COVID, would just fuck off, go to different cities, go to different places, wouldn't he really hear from him. And, but she's always hanging out for him. Always hanging out for him. And then the moment he comes back, and she's a really attractive girl. She's a girl that's got a lock on for her. But the moment he comes back, she drops everything for him and then complains to me and then the cycle just repeats. They'll stay together, they'll have sex for a couple of weeks, so she'll make him uh, appear to be solid. He's here now. He's here now forever. And he'll buy into that and he'll play that role for the two weeks that they're together. But then when Judy calls to wherever he has to go off, fucks off again, and then all of a sudden she's left with no one and she feels like shit. She comes to me and talks to me about it and I go, hey, same pattern. Same pattern, you asked for this. Same passes. And the, and the thing that I say to her, the thing that, I, yeah, hold on, let me, let me get this. Fuck. <laughs> Too much water. The thing that I say to her is that know your worth. Know your worth. Are you worth getting treated like shit? As a woman, are you worth getting treated like shit? For the guy in this podcast who sent me this message, the way that he's about to treat her is like treating her equivalent to shit. Stripping of her respect, denying her of her sexual experiences just because she's had a lot of it. That's just, why would a woman put up with that? And so I think about it from both perspectives, both from the girls that I know, both from the guys that I know, both from my client right here. Fuck. So let's get into it. Let's get into some chat here. And then we're going to get the high school story. And we're going to get the high school story, which will start to get us to really paint and really go hard in the direction of why the more sexual experience you have, the better. The younger it is as well. And I know mainstream society will not like that. But fuck mainstream society. We already took the red pill a long time ago. I'm talking about the matrix, not the community, the red pill. Okay, so I'm just going back up the chat here. By the way, if you guys are enjoying this session, you just dropped in. Don't forget to drop a thumbs up down below. That'd be most appreciated. And uh, get pipe, pipe up in the chat. Let me know you're here and throw in some answers. Let's go. 
So I'm just going back up to the chart. Jay knew, yeah, him and T had missed a few few pieces and I think they tried to clarify some stuff. Jay come in saying he can tell her that he wants her to help him grow past this since he's acknowledging his darkness. Good, good, Jay. Good, getting to the growth mentality. Good. And he doesn't intend to hurt her. Good, good, Jay. Now you're clicking all of it. That's good. He then want to say it means for her a promise of something new, something better. But it's a risk rather than a guarantee and it's going to hinge on her understanding of herself in relation to others. Good, Jay. Good. You're a bit slow of the uptake with getting her perspective in, but it seems like you're getting it now. It's good. T coming in and so was T. T then comes and saying, oh, ask her for help. Never would have thought of that. I can see how I've been judgmental of women in this way before too. Good to be back at Session Q, Session Q&A and getting refreshed on these topics. Yes, yes, here we go. And then because this is a great segue, being judgmental of women in the past. This is, this is a great segue into the high school slut story. Just to finish what T then said, he said, good to be back on Session Q&A and get refreshed on these topics. Yeah, so many of my female friends complain about the fuck boys they put up with LaMeo. <laughs> Journey then comes and saying how to make a girl chase, what makes her chase, what should I do after she starts chase your ex-clay. Okay, Journey, we're not currently in open Q&A. It's a good question though. Just wait till we get to open Q&A. It'll be coming up soon. And uh, if it gets skipped over, just copy and paste it when we do get to open Q&A. But we've got, a, we've got some more to get in here. So, <laughs> and Dee Manoa then comes and saying, what's goody? It is good. Life is good. Okay. So T, great segue. T brought up a great, and we've been, we've been meaning to get this high school slut story for a bit, and this is going to expand us into going very hard in the direction of positivity towards deep sexual practice and how it's a recommendation. It's not something to abstain from. It's something to deepen your experience as a human being in this life. High school slut story. Let's go. <laughs> so T gave us a great segue. T said, I can see how I've been judgmental of women in this way before too. You and me both, son. You and me both. I want to tell you guys a story from when I was in high school. You're hearing me now at 27, having gone full circle around the journey in social dynamics, having met people from so many different walks of life, uh, being in the position of coaching men and women now and traveling around the world to do this thing. So, of course, my perspective on sexual experience is nothing but positive in terms of gaining it, in terms of having you as men or young boys transitioning into manhood psychology, prerequisite. If you're in a transition from boyhood to manhood psychology, you're going to have to get real-world sexual experience. Not so that you can go down to the old watering hole and say to fucking Steve-O that you slept with a girl last night and fuck yeah, and give you guys a pat on the back and watch some UFC. That's, that's not why. It's not for the bragging rights. It's for the internal rights. It's for you to know who people are. It's for you to learn who you are in relation to others. It's when people say to me, I'm on the journey of self-cultivation. I'm on the journey of learning about myself in relation to others. You know, I'm just, I'm so deep in the journey of self-cultivation. I love it. I say, that's great. That's great. All right. All right. How, how, how much time have you spent heart to heart with people? And I mean physically heart to heart in which that you are in the spoon position and you feel your heartbeat against their heartbeat. How much time you spent there? Oh, well, no, nah, not really that much. No, nah, it's really, I'm really just in the books. I'm in the podcasts. I'm leveling up my mind. And I'm in, I'm in the seminars and, and I'm on the ebooks. That's, that's the shit that I'm in. I'm like, but hang on. So you're telling me 
you're trying to level up who you are and evolve who you are, yet you aren't you aren't actually using the one tool that actually forces that to happen. You can spend all the time you want meditating in your bedroom. But the moment you get out there in the real world and get put to the test, you will fail. You will get crushed. You will get crushed under the heat. I'll see this again and again. Because there is no test in your bedroom other than the test of just making yourself stay in there. But if you have to stay present in front of another human being that lights you up, that's a heat of a completely different universe. It's completely different. So that's why practitionership is so important when it comes to sexual experience. And that to judge people for having such high levels of it is so obscene. It's so absurd to me. So, so it makes sense now from my perspective. Of course, well, Adam's on that, on that hype train of trying to get not just men, but women as much sexual, sexual experience as possible that has a deep and meaningful connection underneath it because it helps you to learn who you are in relation to others. Okay, we get that. But I wasn't always that way. That wasn't always a story for me. I used to be the biggest white knight of all time. I used to have a a 10-foot horse, a 10-foot horse with a lance the size of the universe and a just the, the, the whitest of robes, just the whitest of robes. That's who I used to be when I was in high school. And here's a story for you. The high school slide story. So when I was 16 years old, Actually, it probably was like late 15, 16. This is like year nine, year 10. At my high school, there was a couple high school sluts, the girls that were known as the sluts. There's probably two or three that were like really high ranking. It's like everyone knew this girl gets around. And, uh, but it, it never really like interested me. I was, ne- I'm not the, I was never the gossipy type. I was never the type that, tried to climb the social hierarchy and the social ladder. I wasn't a social ladderer. That wasn't me in high school. You know, I had my friends and me and my friends did my thing and fuck the gossip. It's not us. So it never really bothered me. And then I think just in year 10, beginning of the year, I happened to get put in uh, biology. And on the first day, I'm sitting next to, I uh, shouldn't use her name. Shouldn't use her name. We'll call her fake name Jenna. I call her fake name Jenna. I get sat down next to Jenna. Okay, we're up there in the biology lab. You know, it's the high desks. It's the high desk with the high chairs. And I'm sitting down next to her. And, you know, I knew of her, but I'd never really met her. So, but when you're forced to sit next to someone, of course, you're going to say hi. You're going to say, hey, my name's Ado, shake your hand. But I didn't allow the idea of her being the high school slut to infect my mind because I didn't, it's just, it's not how I operate. It's not like I'm going to operate differently because of that. I'm not really thinking about that. She's just her. It's just Jenna, right? She's very attractive, yeah. And she wears a really short skirt, yeah. And uh, is always wearing a push-up bra, yeah. But she's just Jenna in biology. That's, that's the kind of how the relationship began. And then as the weeks goes on and we start to sit each other next more, we start to do assignments together in groups, we start to form a little bit of connection. Like I start, I actually really enjoy this girl. I started adding her on Facebook. We're talking late night on Facebook, having phone calls on Facebook, uh, late night. Uh, her group of female friends start to get involved with my group of male friends. We start meeting up on the weekends as like go to movies together, go to the gaming arena, the uh, like playing, uh, <laughs> not that she was playing, the girls were playing, but that would meet us there. We would play uh, old school Call of Duty on PC. Like, you know, like the public gaming arenas, like where you go to this cafe, gaming cafes. 
and they'll meet us there and you go fucking around in the mall and things are just developing and developing. But it's just it's just Jenna. I don't see her as, oh shit, I'm in with a side here. I am gonna I'm probably gonna have sex. And by the way, at this time I was a virgin. This is before I lost my virginity at sixteen. So this is just this is before my second girlfriend. So I'm still a virgin at this time, but the but those possibilities are not erupting in my mind. I'm still level headed about it. One afternoon. It's a Saturday afternoon. Uh, she invited me to come to her place. She invited me to come to her place. It was probably a 15-minute bus ride from mine. A bus ride down to a football oval, she said she would meet me out, and then she would take me back to her place. Coincidentally enough, I went to the wrong oval. I was like 20 meters off, uh, twenty minutes off. So anyways, I had to walk the rest of the way. I just said, I'll meet you at your place. So I went to her place. I'm just filtering the details here, make sure I'm not going to say anything that would, like locations and names. So I rock up to her place, and there's chaos. It's absolutely chaos out the front. There are like little children running around. It's uh, even though it's a well, it's a, it's not like a really pov area. It's not like a third world country area, but it's also not the eastern hills in Adelaide. So you know, lower socioeconomic. Let's say that. But that's okay. She meets me out the front, and she's just beautiful. She meets me out the front. She's wearing these little skimpy gray gym shorts that, you know, they're basically, it's like a bikini, but they're gym shorts. You know what I'm saying? It, this is that's like, why are you wearing them? <laughs> so you make a decision here. You're wearing a bikini or not. But she's wearing them. Of course, she's got a, uh, a low-cut top on. She's just, she, her hair's done. And I remember that was the first thing I said to her when she rocked up. Oh, hang on, the postie's here. Let me get this parcel. Totemate. Just keep that vision in your mind, though. Don't let me forget. In. Okay, so Grace Skippy Shorts, low cut top. She just got her hair done as well. Like literally that afternoon, I remember, I can still see it. Now to paint her, like what she looks like, uh, she's fit, fit as the fiddle. Not even just as a fiddle, she's fit as the fiddle. Her body is absolutely on point. Uh, you know, no, I mean, for some guys, like some guys like stick figure girls. No, no, got to have got to have meat, got to have some muscle, got to be fit looking, got to be healthy, got to be strong. So she's got, she's got, like they say, she's got it where she needs it. And long brown hair with the gold highlights. The makeup, so I'm not sure, she probably did her makeup just for me, but she definitely just gone and got her hair professionally done. And so, yeah, she's like, she's, she's got some effort done in here because she knew that I'm coming over. And uh, I remember saying, I just can still see her look walking through the front garden as these little kids are running around. And I'm like, I wasn't expecting her to look like this. Because even though we've hung, we've hung out in public before uh, with my other friends, but she didn't, she wasn't all, like just like that. And at school, she always wore a, a pretty short skirt, but you know, a lot of girls wear short skirts at school. So anyways, I'm a little bit blown away. I'm a little bit like, uh, like my tongue's kind of like out of my mouth, like not quite sure how to <laughs> respond to this. Because again, I'm, I'm like late 15, probably uh, still a version of his time. Had had already been downstairs with one girl before, but we didn't have sexual penetration. That was when I was 13. So this is still new waters, though. This is still there's a lot of new waters for me here. Young Adam. She takes me inside the house. Her mom uh, is an absolute MILF. Her mom's an absolute MILF. And she's got a couple younger siblings. I won't mention any more details than that, but they're out of control. 
they're absolutely out of control. Uh, her mother's yelling at them, and it's like very chaotic. I had just come from like some peaceful playing with my dogs in the back in the backyard, thinking I'm gonna have a nice afternoon, and then wham! It's like this extremely attractive, absolute diamond rocks up. There's chaos inside the house. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? I'm just, I'm just like not sure what to do. You know, I'm like not sure. Do I sit down? Do I shake a hand? What do I do? Like that's that's the state that I'm in. I'm very uh, ungrounded to say the least. But it's like normal for her. This chaos in her house is just normal. So she's like, I hey, just come here, come this way. And uh, her little brother takes a shine to me and wants to beat me up, which apparently is a good thing. That's fucking with me even more. That's okay. All right. That's all right. That's all right, Jeffrey. That's not his name. But that's right, Jeffrey. Get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> just let me calm down. <laughs> and so she takes me in to the kitchen while her mother, and this is the thing, her mother and her younger siblings were about to get picked up by her mother's partner to go on some camping trip. Right. And, and, uh, it was just going to, now it was supposed to be just me and her, me and Jenna. And I thought, oh shit. So we're actually going to get to spend time alone together, which remember at my age is not a thing. You don't get to spend time alone with each other, especially at a girl's house when you're, what's this like 20, 20, uh, 20, It's probably different. Maybe, I don't know. But back in my day, when I was in high school, you didn't get time to spend at a girl's house alone with her. Her mother's going to be there the whole time. Door's got to be open. Father's going to be there, eye-hawking you the whole time. But the situation's not looking like that. So what I'm painting here is that this looks like it's going to be a very, uh, very lot of risky business coming up in this situation. So we are in a situation, to say the least. So she takes me in, and I can still see it to this day, my friends. This is where shit just, just all the keys are turned and all the rockets get launched. She takes me through the house, through this kitchen. It's so messy. Takes me through the kitchen to a bathroom that's next to the kitchen. It's like one of those bathrooms where the laundry is in the bathroom, but it's very tight. There's a, there's a toilet to the left. You turn to the right. There's like the, the washing machine. And she's like, hang on, I'm just going to get my clothes out of the washing machine. And I'm like, oh, if I, so I follow her in. We get in behind the washing machine. As soon as I get into the, behind the washing machine, she, she walked in first. She turns around, just pulls me by the shirt, just starts making out of me. And I'm like, <laughs> the surfboard moment. <laughs> the surfboard moment comes in, but I don't have time to actually do the surfboard. And for those of you that don't know what the surfboard is, it's where it's like a moment that blows your mind so intensely that you have to spread your legs and your hands just to feel the very fibers of the universe, just to make sure that this is reality. And it's like, what the fuck's happening here? Yeah, because we hadn't, we hadn't kissed at all before this. There was a lot of flirting going back and forth between us at biology. We write each other notes and shit. And you know, there was a lot of sexual connection. We would hug each other. It'd be very long hugs. And she would always give that linger off the hug where she drags her fingernails across your chest. We can discuss that more later if you want to know about hug tactics, but this is not about hug tactics right now. She's pulled me into the laundry. She starts making out of it, and it's just like rockets. It's just like every key turn. Just like so much energy, and I'm like, holy shit, this is incredible. (laughs) This is insane. But then her mother starts to call out. She's like, Jenna, can you get your brother? And I'm like, fuck no, fuck Jeffrey. (laughs) It's fucking Jeffrey. Uh, that's not his actual name, but this little kid is just causing so much trouble for me. He tried to fight me at the moment I came in. Now he's interrupting this hot makeout in the laundry. Shit. And so she's like, fuck. And so we break up the makeout. She goes out 
And, uh, you know, I just dust myself off, make sure my fly's done up, which it should have been. It was. Uh, but there was probably something that I was trying to burst out at the time. Not that we had got that far, but you, you, like I said, the keys were turned. And so from there, everything just goes to shit. Everything goes downhill from there. The partner rocks up. He is hard as fuck. I don't mean that sexually. I mean, like, he looks like he just got out of prison. I know I've got some tattoos. This guy's like, but it's not like this fine detailed work that took three days and thousands and thousands of dollars to get done by an absolute master with a family lineage and heritage from all this history. That's not his type of tattoos. His tattoos are the ones that were done in prison. The ones where they were in the back and they were just putting fucking lions and teeth and skulls all over him. And he's a big white Caucasian male, probably at least six foot. And uh, he drank a few beers as well. And so I'm just minding my bees and trees with him. I'm just like, arms crossed, feet together. Yes, sir. No, sir. How high? <laughs> that's, that's like how intimidating this guy was. I just tried not to say anything, like to in fear of that if I even said something, I would offend him. We don't want none of that. <laughs> so he's, but he's aggro at the same time. He's like, fucking up, let's go. Let's go, like, we should cause it, right, let's fucking go. And she, and the mum's like, she, she's a MILF, but she's also pretty aggressive herself. And she's just like, just wait to get Jeffrey in the car, Jenna. And I'm like, hang on, what do you mean get in the car? What do you mean get in the car? I thought, I thought it was going to be, what about you and I and, and the bees and the trees? And why is this not happening? And she's just like, I'm sorry. Apparently, I'm supposed to be going on this camping trip with them. I totally told my mom I'm not going with them. And but she's like, you have to go. You have to go. And I'm like, what? Uh, so what does this mean? I, I have to go? And she's like, yeah, I should probably go. And I'm like, but the bees, the tree, the, the laundry. It's, just, it's no more laundry. <laughs> Can't tell you more laundry. But uh <laughs> I just remember me trying to salvage the situation. The situation was not in my favor. There's not much a young sage in training at 15 can do when you've just been put into this. So I shake hands and I get out of there. I don't even wait for like the last moments for her to drive off. I don't want to feel like that shit about it. So I just leave. I'm just like, it was nice to meet you guys. I want to make sure I stay alive. So I'm out. I didn't say that bit, but I'm thinking that when I'm looking at him. Nice to meet you, sir. He was the last thing from a sir. And I just left. I left. <sighs> okay. So that was, that was, that, that, that sounds pretty explosive. And it was, it was, I actually probably underdoing it. If I could really go back in that time, like you have to feel the heat of the situation of being pulled in like that. And you're that young by her and you didn't, weren't expecting her to start making out of you. But there's more to the story. Remember, why am I telling the story? Because she was the high school slut. That's what everyone knew her as. But I didn't know her as that. From the moment of our relationship, even though I was aware that she had that stigma, I'd never allowed it to color or affect my interaction with her. I just, you know, when I was in high school, I went to the gym, I hanged out with my friends, I did martial arts, and I did my homework. I wasn't on fucking Facebook and Messenger and saying, did you hear what Sally said? She was scary shit. Like that wasn't me in high school. I wasn't that type of guy. So, so it was easy for me to just see Jenna as Jenna. Until. 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 
couple nights later, that was a that was a Saturday. So it must have been the next night actually. Sunday night. It's a nice warm summer's evening. Sunset going down. I'm at the park next to my house. My previous girlfriend, who things that ended very badly with because some sexual experience I had with her got out to a couple of different high schools and she broke up with me because she couldn't handle the pressure. Still hits with me, it sits with me today. That is the only girl I've ever been in tears over when we broke up with. That really broke my heart where I had that real heartbreak where I couldn't go to school that day. That <clears throat> just opened up some, some deep shit, didn't it? Anyways, that girl, we're now best friends though. Like we got over that because we were best friends before we were together. Once we got over the whole breakup thing, we got we, we, we smoothed things out. I'm hanging out with her. She only lived a few, like maybe 10 minutes away from me. I'm hanging out over a park the next evening. Sunset's going down. I'm sitting on the goalposts, on the soccer goalposts with her. And she's telling me, she, we're talking about shit. And she says, so you interested in anyone right now? And I'm like, actually, actually, there's, there's this girl. You might, uh, her name is Jenna. And she goes, is it Jenna X? Remember, Jenna's a fake name anyway. But is it this Jenna? And I'm like, yeah, how'd you know her? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. She goes, no, 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 Joey. And that was her nickname for me. She refers to me as Joey. And she goes, Joey, you can't do this. She's like, you can't be with this girl. And I'm like, why? What's, what's wrong with Jenna? And I, by the way, I, I, I didn't go through all the specifics of the laundry makeout of her. I just told her that, you know, we had a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a connection, you know. Things got a little bit hot, but I had to get the fuck out of there because of the serial killer prison guy. <laughs> That's all I told her. I didn't tell her like about my deep feelings towards her because there, I had deep feelings for her. I was really thinking this is going to be my girlfriend. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't thinking we were going to have sex that first time. Like, that's never really on my mind. Because remember, I'm still a virgin at that time. But I was definitely thinking she's going to be my girlfriend. Like, I'm going to ask her out probably next week. Like, that was in my mind. I was deep on this girl now. So I'm sitting here with my ex on the goalposts, and she's saying, you can't go with this girl. I'm like, why not? Didn't you know that she really gets around? And I'm like, well, I'm aware that there's some stigma there like i remember a couple weeks ago coming out of pe gym coming out of the gym and uh we're coming out of our class and a couple of the dudes came up to me and said hey man i heard you're hanging out with jenna on the weekend and uh, i'm like yeah why what's 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 the problem with that and they're just like oh well you know shit i didn't get in with jenna right they, they were like inferring that well you're gonna get lucky like you're gonna have sex because that's the type of girl that she is like, this is going to be like a, a quick swing for you, you know what I'm saying? This is going to be a potato ball. But but even then I was like, but she's not like that. I'm like, guys, she's not like that. She's just, she's a nice girl. Like, so I don't know what you're doing, so shut the fuck up before I put you in a rear naked. <laughs> because at that time, <laughs> I was putting everyone in rear naked. In fact, I forced someone to have a seizure in maths class. Scariest moment of my life. Almost killed the guy. Uh, anyways, story for another time. So anyways, I'm sitting there on the goalpost with my ex-girlfriend telling me I can't be with this girl. And she goes, don't you know you get around? I'm like, yeah, some guys have been telling me some things. I know some things. She, uh, she dresses real good, but why is this a problem? She goes, it's a problem because of what happened last weekend. What, do you, what happened last weekend? She goes, well, she was at a house party, a gath, as they used to call them back in my day, a gath, short for gathering, and she was given double wristies out. 
I'm like, what do you mean? She's getting double wrist. He's out. I'm like, shocked. She's like, yeah. She was like, there's these two guys. I'm not going to say their names, but let's just call them John and Steve. She's like, she was giving John and Steve double wristies at the same time. I'm like, double wristies? I'm like, was she going double? Was she going both ways on the lollipop at the same time? She's like, yeah, I think so as well. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, what are you? There's like, I exploded in the moment because I knew that like she was sexually experienced. I knew that she got around, but I didn't know just last weekend she was rubbing two guys out and going both ways on the lollipop. That to me was an absolute foundational, that was another surfboard moment, but a surfboard moment in which that you're not happy. It's not a surfboard moment in which that something so good is happening to you that you have to check the very foundations of the universe. This is a surfboard moment in which that you have to check the very foundations of the universe because everything's crumbling around you. And it's like, but I was so certain I was going to make this girl my girlfriend. I was going to ask her out next week. We've had such a great connection over the last couple months. And she was out at a house party last weekend rubbing two guys out and sucking both their dicks. I'm like, what? What? And as I said, starting this story, my friends, back at that age, how do you think I responded? Do you think I had the years and years of worldly experience that I have now that would look at that and go, all right, all right, that makes me more attracted to her. That actually confirms to me that she's deeper in human experience. Excellent. Let me experience a part of this now. Let me learn from her. Do you think that was my mentality? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. What do you think my mentality was? Rejection. Rejection-based mentality. White knight with a lance the size of the universe. With a white cloak that would that would drop to the Marianas Trench. I dropped her immediately. I was I was so angry. I was so aggr- I was just aggressive about the whole thing. When I was sitting there next to my ex-girlfriend and we're sitting there on the goalposts, I was like, I almost started crying. I remember like the tears almost coming out. I was like holding them back. But I was like, fuck. I was like, I got played. It's like I got played. But who got like that was my response, but nobody got played. We weren't in a relationship. There was no expectations of either of us. But my response was self-internalized egoism. I thought I got played, I got abused. I got mistrusted. I got misled. I thought she was the one. I thought I was going to be the special one, as we have discussed in this social Q&A at the beginning of this podcast with my client's problems. I had the same problems as him. I was like, she, my mentality towards her is like, no, she's just filthy now. She's a filthy one now because she's giving out the double wristies and going both ways on the lollipops. That's filthy. And I was, I'm not going to be with someone like that because my previous sexual experience was sitting right next to me and the, we were each other's first sexual experience. It wasn't full penetration, but it was a lot before that. But even so, it's like I was in the Disney fairy tale mentality. I was in the, the special one mentality, white knight mentality. And so I just, from that point on, I just cut off all comms of her. And I, m- I remember not responding to her messages on Facebook not responding to her texts, not responding to her call. She was trying to call me, wasn't responding. This is school holidays, I remember at this point as well. We get back to class a couple weeks later and, you know, like she's sitting next to me there and I purposely sit at a different place on the table in biology, just completely cold shun her, just completely because, and, I, and from the perspective of that, I felt like I was wrong done by and that she, uh, 
it's like I felt abused. That's how it felt. It wasn't it wasn't me necessarily going as hard as my client did in terms of slut shaming, going, well, you know, she's uh you know, she's tainted goods or she's piece too many other people being in there. You know, that wasn't me. It was more I felt betrayed on a Disney level. On a fairy tale level, I felt like I was betrayed. Because of that wild makeout situation, but also the romance. It wasn't just that we it was like some random party and we were drunk, we started making out. We had months of build-up to that laundry moment. And that's why, and I was about to make her my girlfriend. I was about to ask. And then this bomb gets dropped on me. And, uh, <laughs> shit. And so I, I just completely broke off all comms. I dirtied the waters. I sullied the waters. I uh, pushed her away from me. She got the message. She got the message. She, we never really discussed it one-to-one what happened. But I do remember one of the final messages her sending to me that, hey, Adam, listen, I know that you've been really cold lately. I don't know what is wrong, but if you heard about something that happened at the party, listen, like we were all drinking a lot. It was just some fucking weird dare. It wasn't anything meaningful. The thing that you and I had was way more meaningful. And so I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm, I remember this message from her because it was a text message. It wasn't even one-to-one because I wouldn't let her get one-to-one with me because I felt so abused. And, and she's like, she's like, it's like, it's a real, it's, I'm sorry that you had to hear about it that way. And I just remember her apologizing a lot. That it's just, it's, she, wasn't make, she wasn't trying to make it anything different than what it was. She owned up to it. But at the same time, she wasn't apologizing for doing it, which now looking back, I really respect her for, because nor should she have. It's like, we didn't have any agreed signing in blood that we weren't going to be a closed and locked monogamous item together. Just because she went to some party and got a bit drunk and a couple guys whipped out their dicks and she started rubbing the dicks and going both on the low park. It's, at the time... It was the worst thing in the world. I felt absolutely betrayed. I felt abused. I was so deep in myself, so deep in my ego. Couldn't see the fact that she was just learning about herself in relation to others. And while it may have been under the influence of alcohol, it's like, what in the grand scheme of things does this mean? Are you really going to completely obliterate obliterate a relationship with someone because of this one thing? And in which that you are creating separation between you and her and others. And it's like, you just... There's so much falsehood going on in your mentality here, Adam. It'd be a different thing, Adam, 16-year-old Adam, if you had just said, hey, listen, uh, you're just not the type of girl for me. You're a little more sexual liberal than I am, and that's okay. You go do your thing, I go do my thing. That would have been fine if I had was able to sit down as his, as his older brother or father and if he explained to me that's why he doesn't want to be over. But it wasn't okay that I broke off the relationship with her because of my own egoic self-beliefs and because of my own future expectations of what we were going to be. It wasn't even something that was set in stone in that time. It'd be a different thing if we were boyfriend and girlfriend. But yeah, it's just... That high school slut story, I want to tell that this entire podcast because you guys have been hearing me this entire podcast espouse the benefits of deep sexual practice and how it's only a benefit. It's only something that helps you to learn who you are in relation to others more. But I wasn't always that way. I used to be the white knight. 
And this is not one isolated incident either. There were other times in which that I rejected girls that were interested in me because they were sexually promiscuous back when I was in high school. And I look back on those times now and go, I'm such a fucking idiot. Like you're such a fucking, that guy, that version of Adam is such a fucking idiot. It's like you're leaving all this experience on the table. You're leaving all this ability to learn about yourself on the table. And I love that he was a fucking idiot. It makes me so much more grateful to have the revelation and illumination now that if I come across a woman now who's 30, 35, 40 years old, and she's been with 20, 50, 100 triple digit partners, it's like now that's an exciting prospect because of the value being transferred of experience, of learn. That this person is so deeply connected in the interweb and interrelation of life and humanity. She knows more about humanity than most other women do. And so it's not on me to judge the decision-making from why she went and had those experiences, whether it came from a place of proactive seeking, even better. But even if it was in a reaction to dark forces in her life, that's just as good. I don't mind. It doesn't matter to me how a woman came into her sexual experiences. What matters to me is that I can come into peace and harmony with them and share with her something new, create some magic with her because the past does not define what is now. And my projection of what the future could be does not define what is now. That's how I fucked up with Jenna back when I was in high school. Allowed my future projections to get in the way of what should have happened now. What should have happened back then was that I hear that story from my ex sitting on the goalpost as the sun going down and she says, you can't be with this girl and I'm saving you. I'm saving you. I'm saving you a lot of pain because she was giving out these double wristies both ways on the lollipop. You can't be with this girl. What I should have done in that situation is gone, okay, hear what you're saying and I understand your proclivity for sexual experience is very different uh, and it's a bit shocking for me to hear as well. However, I want to learn. I'm going to speak to her about it. I'm not going to just cold shoulder her and delete her from the existence of my reality, which what communicates what to her, my friends? That she's a piece of shit, she's trash, she's not worthy. Strip her. Strip her down to the point in which that she means nothing. That's what I did. Instead of doing that, I will go directly to her and say to her, listen, Jenna, my ex told me that there's some shit went down at this house gathering party with... Apparently, there were a couple of dicks involved, a couple of rubdowns going involved. To be honest, it's very shocking for me. I, I, I didn't expect this because I thought the last couple of things, between, the last couple of months between us, it's just been getting real good. It's been building. And actually, to be honest with you, Jenna, I was actually going to ask you to be my girlfriend today. I wanted to ask you out because I wanted to go deeper on you. But I'll be honest with you, this has, this has rocked the foundations of what I understand life to be at late 15, 16 years old. I've never been with a girl like this before. I'm still a virgin myself, so I wanted to tell you how I'm feeling. But at the same time, I want to learn about what this means. I want to hear your side of it first. I haven't even heard your side of it. I want to hear all the things that come in later, which is, oh, there was alcohol involved. Oh, it was just this uh, truth or dare, random bullshit game we were playing. It meant nothing. Adam, you mean way more to me. I didn't get to hear any of that because I already allowed my brightly projected future to get in the way of what's happening now. And in the same way, it caused a lot of damage. Disrespected her, disrespected myself, and uh, disrespected the journey. So 
that's what I, if I could rewind the situation and if I could do it again, that's how it would be done again. Approach the situation in which I need to learn. And then from there, I can make my decision. Do I still want to be over or no? But at least it's going to be put on, based on the formation that I understand her and myself. That's all you can ask for. So to finish what I was saying there about the 40-year-olds or women who have been with high double-digit men or triple-digit men, that's the most exciting shit in the world to me now. It's the most exciting shit in the world. Not that I don't want to be with a virgin or not that I don't want to be with a woman who's had very little sexual experience, but for me, the more that she's dug her fingernails into the web of reality and experienced what life is, the more a woman has done that, that's the more attraction. That's far more attraction to me. That gives me more references of comfort, more references of point of relation in which that we can be down on the moon and sand, on the sand underneath the moon. And I say, listen, girl, I want to know about the time where you felt like you were really scared when you were with a guy and you were really scared. Tell me about it. And she's going to be like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm sure. She's like, well, fuck, there was this time where this guy raped me or there was this time where this guy almost sexually abused me, but I pulled a knife. I'm like, okay, I would not have known about that if I wasn't willing to entertain this conversation. Let's continue. And she goes, wait, you really want to know about this? I'm like, I really want to know about this. So tell me more. Well, what if I tell you that I've actually been with probably 50, 60 different guys? And I'll be like, why'd you stop talking? And then she'll be like, oh, oh. He sees beneath the societal stigma, negative connotation of what it means to have deep sexual practice. He values sexual practice as something that actually forms you, that actually helps to create you and helps you to relate better to other people. I'll go in on this guy. This guy respects me. This guy respects the things that I've been through and can incite a level of comfort beyond recognition in which I no longer need to be concerned with who I am. He's not so concerned with me and him. He's only concerned with us together now. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. That is, that's to me, that's the pinnacle. That's where I want all of the you young males who are watching this, that's where I want all of you to be. I want you to reach that place someday. How you get there. How you get to the moon and sand conversation where you can convey to a woman that regardless of your sexual experience, I accept you as now. However as you get there, that's just how you get there. But I hope that you all get there. And for any of my young females watching this, I hope that you don't settle for any less. I hope that you don't settle for a guy that judges you like my client is currently judging uh, the girl that is seeing. I hope that you don't settle for low-quality masculine performance, that you screen for only high-quality masculine performance, and that way we only get men in society. Ladies, you do no benefit... You do no benefit by allowing boys to continue being boys. If you let boys do boy shit, you will only continue to get boys well into their later years. That's why I encourage females out of the pinnacle to be as brutal as possible. Just cut, 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 cut. Anytime there is low performance. And when I say cut, I mean like cut blood, draw blood, make sure the boy knows that he's fucking up. And it goes both ways, by the way goes both ways. I'm not saying there aren't girls that don't need the same. It's exactly the same principle in reverse. You don't let girls slide on girl shit either. We need girls to become women. So it goes both ways. 
It's a mutually understood high standard of performance for both men and women. So my friends, that wraps up the high school slut story and some pretty deep lessons actually. Shit got really emotional. It really brought up some shit within me. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please drop a thumbs up on the video down below. I really appreciate that. If you listen to this in post, drop me some comments of your thoughts. I'm going to go into the chat now. I'm going to go into the chat now, and but we've got open Q&A. So if you guys thought, oh shit, that was so hype. That was so hype, but now it's over. No, yeah, my friend. No, man. No, my friend. <laughs> my friend. Slow down. You kidding We've got open Q&A now, which means that I'll give you guys some time to ask any questions in the world of human interaction. Dating, social dynamics, business, family, fitness, whatever you want, fitness, health, whatever you want to talk about, you got questions on anything, now is the time. There were a few earlier on in the session. However, I do not remember them and there's way too much chat for me to go and find them. So just copy and paste them now. However, I would like to make you aware because we have our first one that if you want to get your question bumped to the top, I'll give more time to it as well. You can use that super chat function that cool S looking dollar symbol in the chat to donate and get your question bumped to the top and help support the channel. That's really what it's about. And so that's why I honor it. And we actually do have our first super chat, I believe. I believe. Let me uh, let me zoom out here and make sure I'm not skipping over anyone else. I do believe. Yes, sir. Hang on. <laughs> now I've fucked up my screen because I zoomed out. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what I'm going to do, we got our first super chat coming in. I'll address that in a second. But there was some chat during that story that I just want to read out right now. We'll get, or just connect with you guys here. Then we'll get to open Q&A. So start dropping your questions. Start putting in super chats uh, if you were so inclined. And we'll get to open Q&A right now. Email so good right now. Okay. Journey had come in saying, your red, green, yellow really helped me to open my friend who is slut-shamed by her friend. Now she starts to open up. Huh, that's interesting, Journey. Hey, Journey, could you send me an email about that? Adam at bulldozer.com. I would like to know about that because it's in reference to last week's podcast. If you could, or on Instagram at uitang1, double tang one slide me a DM. I'd like to know some more shit about that. That's good. Takumi Kun then comes in saying great story and he dropped the first super chat of an Australian $5 with a Shiba Inu <laughs> painting a note saying number one. He's such a cutie. That Shiba Inu is so cute. Kawaii, kawaii son, eh? Oh man, kawaii. I should say kawaii son, eh? Not scary, but cute. Okay, so T. The floor is yours because you're the first super chat. You have any questions, uh, he can ask anything and I'll give uh, him way more time and bummer to the top. However, while you're asking that, yeah, he said that, I've got a question. Give me a sec to use the bathroom. I'll write it out. No worries. So while T is writing out his super chat story, I'll answer any other quick questions that are rapid fire. Benji Sol is a common zone. This resonated a lot with a experience I've had opened up a huge door of clarity. That's good, Benji. Makes me smile, Benji. Makes me smile. You know, that story was from when I was young. You know, I was still a virgin at the time. So you could, in in a way, forgive him because he's so young. He doesn't know. You know, he's so inexperienced. That's why Adam, younger Adam, made those mistakes 
with that uh, with that girl. But but for those that are not that young, if you're a 21 year old listening to this, you're 25 year old listening to this, you're a 30 year old listening to this, you could still be making the same mistakes. And I would encourage you all to do as Benji has done, is to look back on your experiences and go, oh shit, have I been misattributing the value of deep sexual practice? Yeah? You know. It's good questions to ask. W comes in saying, I love this story just mainly on what you have said. Thank you, W. I appreciate that feedback. Okay, so before T comes in, there's one thing I forgot to mention. There's something I want to wrap this, uh, or maybe what? Maybe I'll wrap the podcast with this. <coughs> it's the idea of what of what slut is, and what well, we've already started that at the beginning. But the final point of that, which is that, ah, it's like summary. It's a summary point. I'll catch it at the end. If I don't catch it at the end, some of you guys remind me. But basically what I want to wrap with is this idea of why it's ridiculous to refer to a woman as a slut or to shame her for her deep sexual practice. It's just ridiculous. And since we're on now, it's just ridiculous. It's, it's more value. It's more value. If you perceive it as something negative, that's you. That's not her. That's you. If a man looks at a woman who has sexual deep practice and goes, ah, she's trash, she's rubbish, forget about her, that's your issue, not hers. To me, when I look at a woman like that, that's value to me. She got deep sexual practice, that's value. And then, I know some of you go, but what about religion, Adam? What if it conflicts with my religion? That's you. That's you. And I'm not judging, I'm not arguing with that. That's your religion. You don't want to be with someone who's been with many other people because you've set certain rules in your life. That's you. But don't try and disrespect someone else because of that. Moving on through the chat. Journey had come in with a question. That's right. How to make a girl chase? What makes her chase? What should I do after she starts chasing? Should I escalate? Okay, so this is a horrible question. I say that with a smile. It's not a good question because how to make a girl chase makes it sound like you're in a battle with her. But it's a war. You're playing the art of war by Sun Tzu here. <clears throat> I know what you're asking. What you're asking is, how do you make a woman so interested in you that she pushes on you? But the phrasing of it, how to make a girl chase, that speaks to a very combative battle mentality towards women. I would highly recommend rephrasing that, rephrasing your mind around your interrelations with women to not how do I make her chase me, but how would I make a female, how would I allow a female to be so sexually attracted to me that she wants to push. That I'm doing the right things. It makes her want to push. You see how it's a completely different mentality flip journey. Make her chase. It's almost as if you're treating her as an algorithm systematic approach. Versus how do I make myself so attractive? What are the things that I need to do that would make her so attracted that she would want to push on me? One, it speaks from two different worlds. It's really, if you gave me two different guys, one said, hey man, how do you make a girl chase me? Get another guy saying, hey Adam, what's the best way to demonstrate such high levels of masculine energy and masculine performance that she would want to push on me? 
the mentality is like you could see where they're going to go in life. It really separates two different type of people. One's very externally validation focused. One's very internally validation focused. One's drawing on the power from within. One's drawing on a resource from out. That is very fleeting and very treacherous. So that's really what I wanted to come in with their journey. Just to finish that up, because it looks like T's got his uh, question coming in with a super chat. If you were so inclined to adopt a new mentality, what would I do to make, to make myself so attractive that a woman would want to push on me? Purpose, physical, mental, social development. Core macro principles, journey from boyhood to macro to manhood psychology. That's what you have on a macro. You make sure that all those pieces are in play. You're developing in all areas of life is what I'm saying there. All areas of the temple. Same with the inner garden. You're true, knowing your true nature. However, past that point, now you're probably thinking, okay, that's great. What about the micro tactics? Are there anything micro that I can do that would be so attractive that would make her want to push on me? <clears throat> Absolutely. Demonstrate to her that you don't need her. Demonstrate to her that you can walk on your own. Demonstrate to her that you don't put her above everyone else, that she's not on a pedestal, that actually you see all as one. And that actually there's a higher level purpose you have in your life above the needs of others in terms of your need from getting validated from them. Actually, I've got my own purpose and I'd love to spend time with you. So let's do it, but it's not going to get in the way of my purpose. If you can convey that to a woman, it's probably one of the most attractive things above all else. When you convey to someone that you don't need them, that's when they want you. Okay, we've got our super, we've got our super chat question coming in now from T. Let me get some water. <clears throat> okay Tucker Minkun coming with a five dollar super chat saying I'm feeling a bit confused about my question so apologies if it's not that clear at my new student residence people have been talking about dating getting to know each other some people have been asking me if I'm single, I've been saying no. I'm in multiple casual relationships. It has gotten a pretty bad slash weird reaction so far. Ha ha ha. Maybe I'm just not expressing myself well, but what do you say? Do you just say you're single? People seem to think I'm a fuckboy. And then I have to try and explain that it's all open and consensual. <laughs> okay. So... For a bit of context here, because uh, I know T very deeply, T and I work together on the one-to-one, and so I know his situation a lot better than you guys do. In the student residence, uh, T is one of the older gentlemen. He's, uh, he's still early 20s, but in student residence, he's dealing with 18-year-olds. He's dealing with people fresh out of high school that have very little experience of the world, of themselves, of other people, and uh, largely probably are affected by 20, 2021 energy that didn't grow up in a time in where there was no social media so they think of things in a less than highly illuminated way when it comes to sexual expression unless they're watching this content of course so let's go back to it here so t t's main issue is that when people have been asking me if he's in a relationship or if he's just single he's been saying nope i'm in multiple casual relationships T, I've got a few follow-up questions for context here. Oh, and by the way, guys, just keep in mind, this is student residence. 
So he lives with these people. It's about 300 something people all living in the same block. And they'll go to same, the same uni. <clears throat> See, when you say, I'm taking it literally as you've written it, that you're literally responding to the question, hey man, are you single? And you go, ah, no, I'm actually in multiple casual relationships. <clears throat> I'm taking it that you're literally saying it like that. That you're just putting it straight back at them, ah, no, or no, I'm not. I am in multiple casual slash casual relationships. If that's the way you're going to say it, I can see how you're going to get some pretty weird slash negative slash bad reactions to that. Because you've got to look at the people you're saying it to. Are you in the room with a whole bunch of people like me? With, you know, people like Glenn, Mikel, Roy, any of my friends, Mike, anyone who's experienced a casual, multiple, multiple casual relationships, Jay, Matt, right? Are you in the room with those people? And because if you are, they're going to go, sweet, man. Anyways, what's for lunch? If you're not in the room with people like that, and actually, where's that sweet lunch reaction come from too? It comes from my experience. It's because I understand your experience. If I understand your experience, then I can relate to it, harmonize it, put it to bed. Let's go get lunch. If you're in the room with people that can't even fathom the concept of seeing Two people at the same time. More than one. More than one nuclear relationship at one time. If you're in a room of people that have never ever, even if they, for example, let's just say you found someone who actually wasn't reacting to it negatively or badly, but still hasn't experienced it, they still are just not going to be able to relate. It's, uh, it's, it's worlds apart. It's worlds apart. So you have to understand that when you're in a room, who are you in the room with? You need to have empathy for those people and accordingly direct the message. Because, T, what are they asking you? When someone says to you, are you single? What are they asking? What are they really asking? Put it in the chat. When these people in your student accommodation, student residence are saying, hey man, are you single? What do they want to know? Do they want to know the logisticality of if you are currently in a sexual relationship with someone or not? Is that really what they're asking? Is that what's so important to them? Or is there something a little more important underneath that that really forms the bedrock of why they would be asking, are you single? Please answer that for me. T had then come in saying, well, actually, Journey had come in saying before, before we had done this, when I was talking about the chase versus external versus internal development, he said, sorry, but just heard people use chase word and pickup. I'll be more conscious of what words they use. Yeah, man, that's good why you're here because we do away with that pickup shit. We do away with the PUA and the get, get money, get bitches mentality. And we know we become men. Internal development, not... How do I make someone chase me? How do I develop myself to the point in which someone wants to push on me? That's why you're here. Level it up. It's okay. Good to have you. Getting back on topic here. T come in saying, into my question of who are the people you're in the room with? He goes, no, they're people with extremely minimal experience. Ha ha. Okay, yeah, got to read the crowd. It's good. We've got to read the crowd, but then we're going to have to define the message for that crowd, which is why I'm asking you to, 
Why are they asking if you're single? Is it because they're so damn interested in knowing whether you have a sexual relationship with someone else, like with one physical other human being? He then comes in to say, ooh, they're asking if I'm in an exclusive relationship or not. Don't need to know the details. Ha ha. I'm stupid. <laughs> Sorry, you've 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 began the the road work. You've begun the work in down into the road that I want to go into here. So yes, the when someone asks you at your student residence, hey man, are you single? It's not because they really want to know, are you physically engaged with one other person right now? Right? With other human being physically. There's so much more deeper bedrock to that. When you say that, oh, they're asking because I'm in, if I, they want to know if I'm in an exclusive relationship or not. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of that. Like there's, that gets you a little bit deeper. But it's a lot more than that, actually. It's what your relationship style speaks of who you are. It's a representation. When these student resident, when these other students are coming around, the reason why they're asking that question is because they don't know you. And so they're trying to collect pieces of information. Oh, here's, here's T. Uh, I know that he's early 20s. I know he's a lot older than me. Uh, he seems like a pretty cool, girl, pretty cool guy. I see some of the other girls are kind of interested in him as well. So I just want to know, like, uh, so are you single? No, no, that's not why he really wants to ask. What he really wants to ask is, how can I get to know T better? I wouldn't be asking this question if I didn't want to know him better. Why they want to know you better? Is it because they want a social ladder? They want a social ladder. They want to get closer to you. And they feel like by asking you questions, getting to know you better, they get in with you. Then they get access to the people you know, the girls that you know. Are they social laddering? Some people, yeah. That's a real thing. Other people, it might just be more wholesome. Hey, I just want to know him better. Want to create some friends here. Other people, it's just that they are using it as a reflection point on themselves to make them feel better about themselves. Oh, I'm single. I don't have anyone. I feel lonely. I feel alone. It would be good for me to know if T is also in the same position. Many different faces that could come as a result here, but the core root is that they're just trying to collect information to create a relation with you. So if you now understand that, you can now understand why the reactions have been weird slash bad. All they wanted, T, was a relation point to connect with you. And what did you do? You alienated them. You gave them a piece of information that was akin to an alien race dropping down in fucking Rundle Mall and saying, hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, go, guys. Can I, can I have a slice of that? Hey, what are you guys doing? How do you know that, right? You're acting like an alien, but you're acting like you're one of us. You're, that's the way they're perceiving you. When you come down and you've got these young high schoolers who got, basically, they just come out of high school, they have very little sexual experience and they see an older gentleman and you, you're not old, like you're early 20s, but you're a lot older than them. Like Remember, when you're at that age, five years, the difference between 18-year-old and 23-year-old is like the difference between a vintage car and the fucking Tesla that just came out. Like That's how people perceive age. So... At that age. So you come down to their fucking little Rundle Mall with your fucking spaceship. You come down and they all they were expecting when they asked, are you single? Is either, yeah, I got a girlfriend. Now nah, I'm single. Yeah, I got a girl. Nah, I just broke up with my ex. Now nah, I'm single. 
oh, actually, there's this one girl, kind but not really. I don't know. Uh, that's, they were expecting human shit in Rundle Mall. Rundle Mall, Adelaide, South Australia, shit. And you come in fucking flopping your spaceship about. You, you drop down in a in a in an omnidirectional, unexplainable propulsional system that just drops that can just go up and down and it just lands in the fucking mall and you come out just swinging your hog, just going, look guys, I'm in a fucking multiple casual relationships. They're like, what are you fucking talking about? Kill him. Right? No, we don't understand this. Jokes aside, I don't get this. It's so alien to me. I don't understand how this guy functions. How can he function? Because to me, the concept of being in a multiple casual relationship, seeing multiple different partners, learning about multiple different people, it's never fathomed. It's never incepted within the cellular structure within my cranium. So how can I ever relate to this guy? How can I ever relate to this guy? Eh. And what are human beings, my friends, what have human beings done since the beginning of time to that which we do not know? We push it away. We either kill it or we push it away. I don't know who these Aboriginal people are. Better kill them. Don't know who these Native Americans are. Better kill them. Hey, if we're not going to kill them, we better push them away to such an extent that we see them as just foreign to us. So we, we make them slaves. We make them slaves, we make them work for us, we put them in different parts of land, they aren't allowed on the same bus, they aren't allowed in the same school as us, we push them away just far enough so we can still use them, but they're not one of us. That's what happens when you enter a student residence in which that the people in the room are of minimal sexual experience, they only know about monogamous, they don't even know the word monogamy, let's be honest, but they only know about being in sing, single form nuclear relationships. And you come in saying multiple casual, they don't get it, it doesn't make sense, so either they want to kill you, psychologically, like in theory, psychologically, in concept, as in can't relate to this guy, don't want to do anything with him, or they push you away to the extent in which that, yeah, okay, not going to talk about this again, but that's probably the better case scenario, but I'm just not going to talk about this guy, don't get this guy. That's why those responses come in, because of the way you phrased it. You were the alien coming down. You had all the time in the world to be able to piece together how am I going to convey to these human beings in Rundle Mall that I am in fact an alien? Well, do you need to come down in a chrome fucking studded, just plate looking device that you can't even tell what the propulsion system is and it just goes up and do you need to make such a show of it? Maybe not. So how would you rephrase it to them? How would you reframe an alien concept sexually to these sexually inexperienced humans, humans, how would you reframe that to them so that they didn't want to alienate you, treat you as an alien, or push you away or kill you in concept? If you can get the money for that, then problem solved. Problem solved. T then comes and saying, oh, okay, right, just trying to get to know me better, but then how do I express myself without making people uncomfortable? That's the question that I just asked pretty much. He then goes, oh, yeah, they looked at me like that, like an alien. <laughs> One girl got really pissed at me and said, I must not care about the women I date and must just want to break hearts. And I was trying to explain myself. <laughs> oh, shit. He put in tons of a ha-ha's saying, fuck. 
If they were to say, yeah, and then the next day after the chat, I felt a bit of ice from the people that were there, felt the cold shoulder. Mm. Listen, I'm, I'm sure I just went from bad to worse. If you're trying to explain yourself to people, you're already fucked up. You're already fucked up. Like if people, it's a different thing if you phrase it and package it correctly and they still choose to misinterpret it. It's like, it's like if you try and say to a vegan, I eat meat because I feel a sense of connection of all beings of his life and that uh, it's one circle of life and death. That's why I eat meat. And the vegan continues to not hear that and just continue to spout nonsense, compete to deride it, deride who you are and uh, just ignore the, everything that you just said. That's a different thing. I don't need to further explain points because they've chosen not to listen. That's a different thing. But if you come in saying to a vegan that I eat meat because I just fucking love to eat meat, you know, I just fucking love to kill, you know, that's, you've not packaged it very well for them, have you? You've kind of set them up. And so that's on you. So you can expect a reaction from a vegan to be pretty insightful on that. So, so T, the question is, just going through the framework of what we talked to, if you could rerun the scenario or if you happen to have this conversation again and someone says, hey, man, I, I want to try and understand you a bit better. I didn't really get it before. Like, you don't need to explain yourself to anyone. But if you have to come across this again or how you would redo it, all you want to think about is that how do I package the message so that it's not so alien? So it's not like I'm walking into a room of vegans and tell them that I love to kill. That's kind of what you did in the sexual realm. Hmm? T then comes in to say, okay, I can see a lot of social savviness I need to learn. Yeah. Yeah, the fireworks would have got off, T. If I was sitting there next to you, I would have been horrified. I would have been just, oh, Jesus. <laughs> it would have been such a funny moment to see like a camera just pointed directly at you and me and you explaining and me just... <laughs> Like, as it's happening, just going, no, no, just, <laughs> it's like already spelling the end. That would be gold. I would love to see that. Uh, it's a good mistake to make. It's a good mistake to make. I've been through the same thing. Uh, when I first started getting into casual multi-relationships, when I was a personal trainer, I used to bring, meet those girls at the gym reception as a personal trainer. And uh, the reception girls and other membership consultants that worked there and other PTs would go, hey, wasn't Adam with a different girl the other night? What's he doing with that girl? What's, what's going on? Right? And I, never, I didn't used to explain it well either. You know? I, didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know the alien concept. I wasn't schooled on the alien concept if people are sexually not experienced. So I would rephrase it very differently. But don't worry, I've been through the same thing. I've caused people to get arced up when they didn't need it to because I didn't use the best terminology. You're going to make these mistakes, okay? It's okay. So T comes in to say, not sure what the answer is. If I could do it again, I'd just say I'm single. And if someone wants to ask more, then I can share. Fuck. Now I have to recover from that for the rest of the year. (laughs) Hey, listen, man, people forget shit pretty quick. People are too concerned with themselves. So let's see. Yeah, you'll be right. Listen, to get to the tactics of this, to finish this up, T says he's not sure what the answer is, but if he could do it again, he would just say he's single. But that's running away, isn't it? Is that true? It's it's not not true. Like It's not that you're not single, but it's also not that you are single. So it's not 100% true. It's like you're, not, you're just choosing not to tell the full truth. 
saying some of the truth, but not the whole truth. So you are running away to a certain degree. If you can live with that, okay. All right. Okay. That's your decision. Personally, I can't live with that. I live by the principles of direct, congruent, authentic, and I cover with empathy. So telling someone who asks me if I'm single and I'm in casual multiple relationships with two other different women and me saying, yeah, I'm single. That's running away. And that feels like a lie to me. Even if it's not not true, it's still, it's still not true. Because what if that guy was then questioned later on in the dorm by some absolute diamond who goes, hey, hey, I saw you talking to Adam the other day. What were you guys talking about? And he's like, oh, it's just funny if he's like seeing anyone. She's like, shit, did you find out? And he's like, no, he's single. And so she, and she gets ideas. She gets ideas going, oh, fuck, Adam's single. So she hits me up under the pretense of that. Just, hey, Adam, down to the lake after biology. Let's go. Go down to the lake. We're sitting there. We're chilling. We make out. Awesome. Go back to dormant apartment. We're going down. Heavy makeouts ensuing. All of a sudden, clothes are coming off. Full sexual penetration occurs. It's an absolutely magical moment. Wake up the next morning. Oh, shit. By the way, so we like boyfriend and girlfriend now? And you go, oh, actually, no, I'm, we're going to have this talk about the casual multiple relationships, getting to know each other in relation to each other, exploring, learning, keeping open and free. But then she goes, whoa, I thought Jason the other day told me you were single. Didn't you say you were single to him? And I'm like, oh, yes, I did. Fuck. Capital P-H-U-C, fuck. Right, that's... That's what I'm saying. Listen to you. If you're going to answer the question of are you single with yes, I am single, even though you're technically not, because you're running away in fears of what the conversation will be, a difficult conversation, there's only one thing you need to know. One often meets his destiny on the path he takes to avoid it. In the wise words of Master Hugo, you will meet your destiny on the path you take to avoid it. It's, and that story, I just gave you a hypothetical story. It comes back at you. It comes back around. So better to have difficult conversations now while they're still easy and get good at them. Get good at having difficult conversations so that in time you become so strong that they are no longer difficult. That if now, when I was your age, I was getting into my casual, casual multiple relationships for the first time, it was unbelievably difficult to explain to people how I like to see multiple different people in sexual relationships. Now... It's like a, it's not, it's not even something you think about. It's just, it is what it is. I literally got, I literally had to answer this question the other day. A guy I hadn't seen in five years, or maybe it's longer, seven years, I think. No, longer, eight years. It was 2013, I think. It's like eight years we hadn't seen each other. We caught up in the mall, right? And he asked me sometime through our meeting together, he's like, so are you seeing anyone right now, Adam? I said many. I said many. And I just let the silence hold. Now, I know the room. I know the guy that I'm with. We came up in the cold approach journey a long, long time ago. Not closely, but he, he did a little work with me. He assisted me a little bit. But I knew him before that from personal training and skydiving and all these different things before. So he's a really good guy. We understand each other. I know that he's very understanding and accepting. So I can be a lot more alien with the terminology because it's not alien to him. When I say many... He's not going to retort by going, what do you mean, Manny, you player? Like, he's, he's not going to say that. He's going, to, he's going to be like, okay, okay, explain more. And I go, well, listen, I'll just keep open and free. You know, pre-COVID, I was traveling a lot. 
And it just doesn't make sense to be locked down on one person right now. And also at the same time, I just haven't met that diamond in the sky that would make me want to create something deeper one-on-one for a long period of time. So from a logistical standpoint, it doesn't make sense. From a spiritual standpoint, it hasn't occurred. That's it. Now, I explained it to him in that way. He gets it. That's fine. That's very alien terminology, though. If I was to come into your room with your young buccaneers and tell them, hey, this is what it fucking is, and just regurgitate logistical and spiritual reasons. Like, they're not going to get that. They're going to go, okay, this guy's off his fucking nuts. All I asked, if he's in a relationship or not, right? (laughs) Messaging, messaging, yeah. How do we phrase our messages? It's how they will be received. It, it, it colors how they will be received. Okay, to hear them come and say, oh, yeah, it doesn't feel right. and It doesn't feel totally honest. You're right, it doesn't feel totally honest. It's good you can see that. W then comes in saying, not a good look. Bang. On point D. W. T comes in saying, right, okay, thank you. That's a good story. I'm just not sure how to phrase it nicely. Now listen to it. It's a good story, but it's not for your story. The way that I packaged it for my man... It's not how I package it for your guys. He then comes to say, T then when he goes on to say, even to my grandparents and friends of friends and stuff, the question comes up a lot. Yeah, family's going to ask. The message is going to sound different to family. The message is going to sound different to family. The way that I tell my mom that I'm in, in some multiple couch relationship is very different to the way that I'm telling a guy that I came up in the journey of cold approach with. It's different to the way that I'm going to tell the uh, 18 year olds that you shoot in residence. Yet, while that all seems very overwhelming because it's like, fuck, it's like a different answer for everyone. That's where you're lost. That's where you'd be making a mistake. It's the same answer at the core. It's your empathy for the person in front of you. How close in relation are they to my information? How closely can they relate to the information of multiple casual relationships? That's the only thing you have to consider. In the same way that in my, in my system of cold social dynamics... And the toolbox of social dynamics, when people ask me, how does the how do you open someone in a coffee shop versus an airport versus the library versus the f- fucking swimming pool? <laughs> I go, it's the same. All that changes is the context. Excuse me, excuse me, sir. I know we're in the fucking swimming pool right now, but I saw you and I had to come say hey. Hey, excuse me, miss. I know we're in the coffee shop. I thought you looked real beautiful. I had to come say hey. Right? There's just there's. The context is the only thing that changes, but the root is the same thing that I'm telling you how it's happening. Same thing here. When you're having to explain your multiple, your, your sexual interrelationship styles between family, student residence, and your boys, you don't have to reinvent the reason that's underneath every single time. All you have to change is the context, the, which is in this scenario, the empathy for how much they can relate to it. The more on the scale of relation, 10 being I live and breathe what you're saying, so that's me, on Adam level, live and breathe, and zero being uh, grandma from 1910. That's zero. Cannot relate at all to casual multiple relationships. You just gauge where they're at on that scale and adjust the empathy accordingly. So let's go to your student residence. Take you down there and you're in the fucking pool room and everyone's lighting it up and everyone's like, oh, yeah, who are you with? Are you single? Are you in a relationship? And they finally gets, the ball gets round to you. And they're like, all right, T, who are you with? Are you single? What you did do 
was that you went on the scale of relation as if you treated them like they were grandma from 1910. You essentially, you get nothing. You get no chance to understand they react poorly. Makes sense. Let's just take you to the other end of the scale and go, well, actually, they are that end of the scale. Let's just treat them as they are. We now know that they're that end of the scale. So how would my message sound different? If you heard the way that I address a 10, as in lives and breathes it, understands it, I was so curt. I said many. I said, I don't know. So are you see anyone right now? And I say many. And then he's like, okay. And I explain a little bit more. And I'm like, well, basically, I keep it open and free, logistically for these reasons, spiritually for these reasons. Bang, done. Cold, science, hard. Because I don't need to dress it up or anywhere because he gets it. But I wouldn't do that with the student residents. If I know that it's an alien concept to them, they have no concept of it. They are 1910 grandmas. Let's treat them like 1910 grandmas. Adam, how are you single? Well, listen, I'm, uh, I'm exploring. So what do you mean you're exploring? What, is, what, do, what do you mean this way? I'm just trying to learn as much as I can about myself and other people. So, uh, so they're like, okay, okay. But it's soft. It's not like pushing them away, but it's soft. So I'm just trying to learn about myself as much as other people. Okay, so it's getting them to understand they're still going to hit back with, but are you with someone or not? And that's what you want. You want them to nail down what they're going to say so that it makes it as easy as possible to put that through. But you've taken them through steps. It wasn't just like cold hard from the beginning. It's giving them empathy that they're probably not going to understand off the bat. So let me honey drip them in. Honey drip them in. Are you seeing anyone right now? So I'm just trying to explore. A little bit of a little drip. That gets them a little bit more intrigued. Okay, a little bit of, uh, explore. What does that mean? Does that mean you are you are with something? Listen, I'm just trying to learn about myself as much as I can and learn about other people, you know? A little extra drip starts to get them a little bit more. I didn't come full balls in saying, I'm seeing multiple different people right now. I'm drip feeding to allow them time to adjust their their understanding of this concept. Finally, probably around the third or fourth round, they are going to be put in the position to qualify it up and to to clear or clarify it up and go, but so are you actually seeing someone or no? If they even get to that point. Some of them don't. Some of them just leave it there and go, all right, that's cool. If they're cool, that's normally where they leave it. But some people will push even harder. And when they do, so are you actually seeing one now? Or it sounds like you're not trying to answer. The, you're not even answering my question, bro. If they're not even, uh, if they're like really erratic about it and go, that's when the full directness can come in. And the full directness will go, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a couple of different people right now. And they're probably seeing a couple other people as well. At some point, you can't get away around the fact that you have to tell them that you are in multiple casual relationships. But the way that you lead them to that and then the final drive, which is that I didn't, again, I didn't say, yeah, I'm in multiple casual relationships. I said, yeah, I'm seeing a couple of people right now and, they're probably seeing a couple other people as well. Versus what you did, which is you got 19, 10-year-old grandmas and you're straight, straight with the fire, straight with the balls. It would have been fine if you would say it to me, but not to 19, 10 grandmas. So can you see with the student resident situation, all I did there was just give them a little more time to understand, which means I softened the blow, which means I had empathy for the fact that they're not going to understand. So how can I phrase this in a way in which that it's really easy to digest? Um, what did I say? I'm exploring myself. Stop. 
let them digest that. They come back again. I'm just looking to learn about myself and other people, really. Stop. Let them digest that. If they push again, final to a point where it's just like so, and because at that point, there's not much more they can say other than that. So you, you are seeing someone or you're not. Then finally, you can go, yes, I am seeing, I am seeing someone. I'm actually seeing a couple of different people. And they're probably seeing a couple of different other people as well. So then that gives them this full idea of that, oh, it's not just he's this fuck boy who's just trying to sleep with tons of other different people and they don't know. Because what did I say? I said they're probably seeing other people as well. So it gives them a full picture. While you know the full picture, you know that you're not a fuck boy, that your casual relationships are set up on strong terms and conditions and foundations of exploring each other and people in this world. They don't know that. So you just need to give them a phrase that, a way of explaining it, that's easy to digest. I'm seeing a couple of people and they're probably seeing a couple of people as well. However you want to package that, you need to do work on that for yourself. And play with it. But summary up there, drip feed them in, make it soft, make it easy, don't hit them so hard, and then they won't get alienated. Yeah, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. It's a good wrap. So, all right, my friends, I reckon I'm going to start to wrap up the session. Uh, and See, I really thank you for that super chat. That's a really good question though because if you're following my content, you're going to be getting into open, casual, multiple relationships, which is always the recommendation of the bat to learn about yourself as much as you can in relation to others and allowing them to do the same as well. So you're going to have to have this conversation. All right. And, uh, you know, it's, you asked me, you said to me, I have struggle answering this question with my family. Yeah, like one of the biggest struggle points is my step, my stepmother because uh, she is 1910 grandma, basically. Like she's, she's pretty old. She's not that old. But uh, she couldn't be. She couldn't be alive that old. But she's, uh, she's old values. She's very old values. And so when I say to her, when, when she asks me, like, so Adam, you got a girlfriend? It's always that question. So Adam, got a girlfriend now? And I'm just like, nowadays, because we've had these conversations, I just say, yeah, many. And she laughs. However, back in the day, I used to say, yeah, I'm just trying to keep it open and free. Just trying to explore. There's always that first. And if she wants to dive deeper, I'll drip her in. Drip feed. And they can make their assumptions from there. All right? Don't, you never need to explain past that point. If I was to come into your student residence and go through that experience with the people that you had, take you, just sub me in for you. Or if you just went through the same line of process that I went through, and then someone still had the audacity to say after that, wait, so that must mean that you're a player. And then I would stop. And if that was there, I'd take it in. I'd go, well, that's you. That's you. You you don't know my relationship, but stop there. Like I'm explaining it for you, but it stops there. If someone makes an assumption about how you live or how you do, all you have to put them back on is like, yeah, that's you. And they go, what do you mean that's you? That's you putting your assumptions on me. You don't, you don't know my life. You don't know my relationships. I'm not sure why you'd say that. That's you. If someone makes an assumption like that. But you don't even need to go that far. It's, the explanation is what I'm explaining for you guys. It's, it's, how, it's how you just stop the bucket going, that's you. And you can leave it there. Because no one can say anything past that. If someone says to you, Hey man, but that must mean you're an absolute player, you're an absolute fuckboy. Or if you're a girl watching this, that must mean you're an absolute slut. If, what if, T, what if you were a girl? What if you were a girl and the same people asked you, hey, are you single right now? And you go, actually, uh, you go through the same process, exploring myself, 
learning more about myself. Okay. And yeah, I am seeing a couple other people. They're probably seeing a couple other people as well. But you're a girl. And then one of the other girls says, oh, so you're like, you're like a real, you really get around. You know, that's a really female way of passively aggressively going about it. Or if there was a guy who's just a straight dick and goes, oh, you're a bit of a slut then, aren't you? Or just, you know, it's just been an absolute dick. All she would need to say is the same as you, which is, hey, that's you. And you just hold it there. How's that person going to respond? It's going to be system error. They go, what do you mean? That, that, that's, that's me? Because you know that that's them forcing their assumptions on you. But you don't need to explain that. And you don't need to explain to them why you've chosen to do this. You don't give them that honor. That honor goes to people that you want to spend time with, that actually want to understand you, that want to create a relationship with you. If someone's being combative with you, do not need to explain just need to say that this is where the conversation ends. That's it. Okay. Yeah, you. in time, these conversations get easier and easier uh, to the point where they just become chump. They become absolute chump change. I've got a really good story for you. Um, really good story for you, T, that when I was, first time I went to Melbourne and I moved to Melbourne, I was doing a impromptu seminar on the State Library. It was like 9 p.m., it's like impromptu, Conrad. Shout out to Conrad if you're there. I remember you there. Dan was there as well. Uh, but there was like, it was very really impromptu because I had just been out with a couple of different guys just showing them what it means to go up to a random cold, random cold stranger. And other guys had seen me doing it and go, hey, fuck, can I learn? And all these guys just started to join. It was like a group of like seven, eight of us by the end of the night. It's like a summer's night, right? And we're there on the state library and I was ended up just organically, they formed a semicircle around me and I was just just spieling, just going into seminar on uh, principles, direct, congruent, authentic. And then one other guy came who knew a guy in the semicircle who brought a few girls and they were really attractive girls as well. And they just like joined in on the seminar. And we get the seminar, Conrad was there, I remember he was there. And, and so that went for like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or something. But when it ended, and it was nighttime now. The guy who brought the girls came up to me afterwards. He's like, hey, man, that was really cool. Uh, you know, we'd love to get together sometime. I actually run this group that does some speeches and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, cool. We had me on Facebook. We had you on Facebook. Um, a couple of the girls were standing by next to him. And there was another guy there who thought the seminar, probably didn't think the seminar was still going, but he continued to ask me questions. And one of the questions he asked was, so are you in one relationship or she's like, so are you in one relationship or now it's not just me with explaining it to two guys who know about cold approach. There's two girls here who don't know anything about cold approach. Don't, I don't know. I don't know them at all, but they were listening to some of the seminar before and they seem really interested to hear what I'm going to say now. So here we've got an interesting combination of people who I could just give them the cold hard they understand what I'm going to say I can just bust straight into it yeah multiple casual relationship bust in but I've got some people who are unknowns I don't know how they're going to respond to it what do you think I did cover for the lowest common denominator cover for the the absolute risk always go as slow as your slowest man right, That sorry always go as fast as your slowest man as I say, if you go as fast as your slowest man, you're always good. You cover your bases. 
So I gave him the response of going, when he goes, so are you in one relationship? <laughs> I just remember like that. And I'm like, I was like, well, listen, I'm just trying to explore in life right now. You know, I'm in that stage, you know, young and green. And he's like, so yeah, he didn't really get it. He's like, oh, okay. The girls pipe up and they get more drawn in, get more exp- like, wait, what? You just exploring? And he's like, what does that mean? What does it mean to get explored? Not combatively, but just like they don't really know what it means. I'm like, well, yeah, so I'm see, seeing a couple of different people and we keep it pretty casual. Keep it pretty casual. That's about it. But I said we keep it pretty casual. I didn't just say I'm seeing multiple other people and give and leave their minds to fill in the blank. It's like, yeah, I can see a couple other seeing a couple other people, but we keep it pretty casual. And the girls just like like magnets just went just eyes dilate just hang on there's a way in which that you can have deep meaningful connections with people in which that there's not that much attachment and you can just explore and learn together while it's good while it's good and then move on when it's not it's like that's what the cogs are going on in their mind and all of a sudden they want to know more and all of a sudden they're like really deep and they want to understand and there's the key T they want to understand if you can package these conversations to people in a wish in a way that they would want to understand, which always comes through soft and easy. That's that's the thing. If you can take away from this tea, come at people soft and easy. Right? You would never go wrong going soft and easy. If you come at me soft and easy, when you know I can take it hard, then you know, I'm going to be like, hey, all right, don't dance around. Just tell me. But for people who don't know, soft and easy. Let them in soft and easy, yeah? It's a very good question, though. I like that question. T then came in saying, yep, okay, this is very savvy. Thank you, sir. Brilliant super chat. Okay, my friends, so we're going to wrap up the session Q&A right now. Uh, actually, I'll do one more. I'll do one more. Actually, no, I've done a, I did a couple while T was waiting. That's why it's, this is going longer. I addressed that whole chasing thing. Okay. W coming to a question saying, so what would you say to people that find it boring to opening up and be present in just talking? Or am I getting that wrong? And depending what you are saying can get most people interested. Plus, how long have you been talking for and so on? Okay, I don't get the last part of your question, W, but I think you're just asking in general. You mean this in general? Like, would you say to people, what do you say to people that find it boring to opening up? And be present and just talking. I don't say anything to them. If you ask, if you ask me in general, like what happens if you come out at night, you go to a bar, and you meet some girls that it's like you just want to get present and talk with them and open up about things. Context is everything, though, because if you're if you're so socially inept that you go out to a bar or a club and you try to open up about deep topics about their deep psychological trauma about where they grew up in life and how that has affected them today and their dreams and their wishes for everything. If you're so socially inept that you ask those questions at a bar or a club, which is the venue's purpose is what? To have fun, to forget about their lives, to use influences such as liquid courage to get them to do things they never would in their everyday lives so they can essentially adorn a new uh, mask. They can become someone else, become who they ever wanted to be but you're trying to drag them back by deep topics of whatever the nature is into who they don't want to be, right? Especially at clubs. 
but even if it's not that dark, but basically you're just being a buzzkill. You're just trying to ask questions that just seem out of place right now. If you're so socially inept, you can ask those questions. That's your problem. That's not their, that's not their problem for not wanting to open up. Now, listen, I was that socially inept. When I first started learning about social dynamics, that was me. I was the guy who was in bars and clubs going out to girls trying to ask them about all these deep and meaningful topics. You find out really quickly that shit doesn't fly. It's like, it just doesn't make sense. What are you doing, dude? I want to dance. I want to drink. But it's also the same as guys who go to a club, go to a woman and say, so, how's everything going? Hey, Ben. How's the night, Ben? Hey, Oz. What's going on? It's, you know what would have been far better? Because like, yeah, it's, like, it's like, I know you guys, you're just like, but Adam, he's just trying to do his best. I know. I know. We all are. But it would have been better for him to not say anything at all. Just stick out his hand with absolute confidence. If she's feeling the vibe, she takes it and just pull her and just go and sort of a dance floor. Just to read physical signals. Like That would have been way better than, hey, how you been? What's going on tonight? It's like, how many times does a girl need to get asked that before she's just just going to go out of her fucking mind? Right? That, <laughs> it's just, just terrible, terrible social dynamics. You know, like, anyways, I hope I asked you, that answers your question in that you need to read the context. You want to get people, if, if, you're, if you are around people in general though, like your social circle, that don't want to open up and don't want to be present, they find that boring. Well, I think you need to find different people. It's like, if you don't, if that's not your kind of people, it's not your kind of people. Go and meet the people that you want to meet, yeah? All right, my friends. Oh, we did have one other question here from uh, Journey who says, how do you, how to stop people, how you stop people falling in love so they don't get hurt when you're in a multiple relationship? Well, Journey is what we call having the talk. I have a entire social Q&A live stream podcast dedicated to how to set up multiple casual relationships, how to set up casual relationships. I've got many videos on it, but there's one social Q&A that's a very deep dive. It's uh, midway through last season. Just go to the channel, type in the search bar, how to set up casual relationships. That will go. That will answer your question directly on how to not set up people to fall in love with you and then hurt them. And that's never going to happen when you do it right because you set the T's and C's from the beginning. We understand what this is from the beginning. You only hurt people later on if you're not honest with them up front. Honest from up front, you know, a girl might not like it, might not want to sign up to it, but she'll always respect you. And that's all you want. You always just want to maintain your integrity. So, my friends, this has been a very decent social Q&A. This has been a long one. This is three and a half hours. This is going to be two parts on the audio. So, I thank you all so much. Thank you all so much for your engagement. T for that super chat. If you guys, uh, just before if you could... Before you run out, drop a thumbs up down below in this video. Help support the channel. Drop me some comments and feedback and post what you thought about the sesh. Biggest takeaway. Any further questions? And hey, yeah, uh, this is thing of the word slut. It's like if you're still using the word slut in a negative connotation, you are so underdeveloped in what the nature of life is and what human relation is. And if even further so, you are screening girls out who have multiple sexual relationship experience and multiples deep sexual practice you're screening them out and you don't want to be with them that's your choice but just know that you are passing up a lot of development and a lot of learning and it's only going to keep you immature to see someone is not worthy because they have deep sexual practice and i thank you all i thank you all so much i'll see you at the same time next week 10 a.m australian central daylight time hit me up on instagram at uitang1 and until then 
I'm wishing you guys the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Thank you very much for making it all the way through this session for your presence and for your attention. If you actually made it to the end, that's that's incredible because these sessions are often minimum two hours. And hey, you're my kind of person. If you got that kind of attention and commitment to your development, shit. I <laughs> get excited by that. So before you run off, let me just hear you with a couple of reminders. If you haven't signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email, it's free, bowldojo.com. Keep you updated over there. The best place to connect with me outside of these YouTube live sessions and podcasts is actually on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. You guys can see all the behind the scenes. You can see I post a lot of fitness, health, all the artistic shit. If you watch the story, a lot of the meditations as well that I go through each day and each night. And uh, it's a great place to DM me directly with your personal context to give me feedback on different sessions, different parts of this, etc. So, Adoitang1 on Instagram. I hope to see you there. I'd love to see you there. And of course, if you would like to help support the channel, you can donate directly through boldojo.com underneath the podcast section or at paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui. Anything that you guys donate is always super appreciated. And for those of you that would like to take your development to the very next level and make sure that you're on the right course, doing the right things at the right time, well, one-on-one Skype coaching or the guided meditation internal energy, that's all available to you at boldojo.com. Listen, guys, the birds outside are going haywire, so I better wrap up this outro. It's the time of my life, getting to go back and forward with you in these live sessions, chopping it up, getting to really know who you are. And so I thank you so much again, and I look forward to seeing you in the next session. Truly. Wishing you the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.